Welcome back to another episode of Mad Solar Podcast. I'm your host, Jay. Um, I'm so excited to bring this week's episode to you. Um, I'm sitting down with Mecca from Ma Conjure. Um, and we're just getting into some Chesapeake Hoodoo things. It's sort of giving a fireside chat vibes. So I'm so excited for that. Um, but first, oh, some church announcements, y'all. So the Solar Botanica, anybody that's been following me for a long time knows this one. This is turns one on Thursday. Yes, 11-11. Um, and in celebration of that, I'm going to be releasing a few products for purchase. Um, they will be on my Instagram. I think I'm going to do it on the Instagram shop. Um, I'm just going to add them right there. And yeah, y'all can purchase them, some oils. So I'm really, really excited to bring this to you. This is my first like product launch, I guess you could say. Um, and so, yeah, y'all. Uh, so that's the first church announcement. And the second one is, if you guys are still interested in participating in the Woody Book Club, please let me know. Um, you can send me a message on any of my social media platforms and just let me know that you're interested in participating. I'll go ahead and send you the link. Um, we have already picked a book, and we're going to start reading it by December the 1st. And so, yeah, if you guys are interested in that, go ahead and let me know. Um, so that, that's all I have for y'all today. Uh, let's get into the episode. y'all welcome back to another episode of my solar podcast i'm your host jay and today i have a special interview with mecca from ma conjure um, she's a chesapeake kudu she's from virginia um, and i'm so excited to bring this here to you today so mecca how are you doing today Hi, I'm good. How are you, love? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. And I want to first start and thank you for taking out this time to sit and speak to me. So first things first, everybody that I have on the show, I like to ask them to talk their shit. So introduce yourself. Who are you? Well, I am Mecca. I am, of course, a hoodoo. Okay. <laughs> um, I am a tarot reader, I am a self-published author, and I am the owner of a botanica called My Conjures Botanica. Okay, awesome. Um, and how long have you been practicing hoodoo? Has it been like a ancestral thing? Did you kind of come back to the practice after a while, after realizing your family had always been practicing hoodoo? What was your first experiences like as far as hoodoo goes? Um, in order for me to, like, really answer that question, I'm going to have to take you, like, all the way back. Um, so, I grew up, like you said, in Virginia, and I grew up with my grandparents. My grandparents raised me. So, um, we know in black culture, like, especially during this type of time, our grandparents, our parents would wake us up, feed us, and send us outside. Like, <laughs> we were outside all day long. And so... Being, being that, like, that was just my reality growing up, I just really, like, fell in love with nature and playing in the dirt. I wanted to know what this plant was and that plant was. Um, but I also grew up in a very strict Christian household. Mm. Um, so I grew up Church of God in Christ. And, you know, there's none of that talk. <laughs> wow. Um, where I come from. So um, fast forward, my grandfather passed in, like, 2006. And he just kept coming to me a lot. 
and he would come to me, he would show me different things, um, and then I kind of ignored it for a while, and then fast forward to, I want to say 2012, um, I was managing my brother's uh, music career, and so he would go to the studio, it was like a little in-home studio or whatever, and he would go, and I would sit, and I would talk to his producer's mom, and she was really into, like, astrology and um, leukemia and hoodoo and things like that, and um, so we just started talking, and she made me realize that, like, that's the reason that my grandfather kept coming to me, and here we are. <laughs> So you mentioned the Church of God in Christ, which is funny because if anybody studies the Church of God in Christ, that is probably the most hoodoo sect of black Christianity. Yes, I tell people that all the time, like, especially my family members, because of course, like, when I started practicing, um, there was questions. <laughs> and so, like, I would combat that by telling them, like, do y'all not know that Bishop Basin was a whole root worker? Like, it is not something he hid. He did it very out loud, so. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, and so my follow-up question would be to that. So we know, well, me and you know, as hoodoos, there's a lot of different titles in the community, you know, conjurer, root worker, um, you know, spiritualist, you might be a community preservationist, there's a lot of different titles. And so you consider yourself to be a conjurer. How did I you do. know that that was your role in the hoodoo space? Um, just like everything else, I just kind of fell about that. <laughs> I started by making an oil for myself um because i was like back last well actually year before last i was homeless um and so i put together what i do about root work and I, you know what i do about just who do in general and i made myself an oil and i told myself because everybody had been telling me like your hands are gifted. <laughs> um, and so I told myself that if I am able to get an apartment and sustain myself by using this oil, then I'm going to sell it to the community. Um, and so that's what happened. I was using the oil during the time that I was homeless and I never went without. Uh, my apartment literally like just fell in my lap. And yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, I know that's right. So I actually <laughs> am recently going through a similar experience, not where I was homeless, but I had to work some roots to get what I needed to get. And, Absolutely. Um, that's, exactly, that's exactly how it goes. So, wow. So my next question would be in the same vein of discovering yourself and, you know, um, hoodoo and church, how... Do you believe that the Bible plays into hoodoo? So I know we joke on Twitter all the time about being churchy hoodoos, and now I read mm -hmm. the Bible. I grew up okay. in church as, you know, going all the time, Pentecostal. Right. And so as far as your practice goes, how important is the Bible to you? Um, the Bible is very important. And for me, it's more of a personal connection to my ancestors. Um, for a long time, I struggled with feeling the conviction of practicing hoodoo, but knowing where I came from, like knowing that I came from that churchy background and wondering what my grandfather would think about, you know, what it is that I do. And it wasn't until I built my altar and I started, you know, just sitting at my altar with him and just talking with him, um, like, you know, playing gospel music, read the Bible, 
that I realized that that was my connection to him and I couldn't have that connection with him the ways that I wanted to if I didn't incorporate all parts of myself. And so that's why, like, a lot of times when you see me talk with us, whatever, why I consider myself a churchy hoodoo and I am very pro-Bible, um, but not in the way that a lot of people look at it, but I'm very pro-Bible and conjure because that's just my personal connection. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. That's that's very similar to my own understanding as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you for affirming that and sharing that. So in that same vein, do you think that there is anything special about the fact that we're both from the Chesapeake Bay and our relationship to the Bible and the people that come from there and how that area of the country is? I do, and I feel like it's because... I, some people consider that the Bible, but no, and some people don't. But like, I can only speak for where I'm, I'm raised, and I, I feel like Virginia in total is a very spiritual place, whatever spirituality modality that you're practicing. Um, I just, I remember just like, because I have family all over Virginia, like, we would just you know, go to different churches and stuff like that, but there's definitely like a spiritual presence in Virginia, so I, I definitely think so. Yeah, I agree. I agree with the spiritual presence because actually I found when I was in the military, I found my um, padrino in Lukumi in Virginia. Oh, wow. um, so you absolutely right, even in different respects. So that's that's so awesome. So thank you. Um, what's your favorite Bible verse to use in hoodoo, if you don't mind sharing? Oh, oh that's a tricky one. I don't mean to put you on the spot. We can if you don't have one. So you know that you could think of off the top of your head, that's fine too. But I thought I, I would don't ask. have one that I can think of off the top of my head because I like I like to rotate them, like because you know you use different verses for different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head. <laughs> that's <So fine>. <laughs> That's completely fine. Um, and so tell me about my conjure girl. How did my conjure tell to be? I want to hear that story. So that goes back to what I was talking about earlier about me being homeless um, and promising myself and my ancestors that if I get this apartment, if I, you know, I'm able to sustain it, I'm going to sell it. And it started off um, last October, actually no, last, like the end of September last year, um, I put together a couple of uh, items and I sent them off to... Um, some friends, some Twitter mutuals, like, you know, test this out, tell me how it works for you. And they came back and they were like, yo, you need, <laughs> you need to put this together, like, you need to sell it. And so I always tell people, like, even in, with that, just my practice of being a hoodoo in general, I never, like, this wasn't something that I sought out to do. Like, mm-hmm. I always knew that I wanted to be a business owner, but never in a thousand years that I think it would be with my spiritual practice. So, yeah, we hit the ground running in October. I officially opened up um, October 2020, and we've been hitting the ground running ever since. I know that's all right. Mine is a similar tour, too, to that. I started the Solar Botanica in November of last year. Okay. And so, girl, are you my hoodoo sister? Where you been? Because you're <laughs> okay. almost the same. Uh, oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. All right, so we're going to switch gears a little bit and just talk about some um, hot hoodoo topics right now. Okay. What? I just want your thoughts on the importance of 
elders in this tradition, and they don't have to be physical elders. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Your relationship with your grandfather um, in the spirit realm is what really led you to be where you are. And I'm finding that a lot of people don't have no physical elders. They don't have no uh, family elders to lead or guide them. So can you please talk to the importance of having an elder in this tradition? I definitely feel like that's very important because if we look at Hoodoo just as a tradition, um, the base of the tradition is ancestral veneration. And so even if you don't have a physical elder, which I'm seeing, like you say, that a lot of us don't, um, the first thing you should be doing is venerating your ancestors before you do anything else. You need to be building up altar. You need to have a space where you can sit and you can commune and you can get to know your ancestors because through that is really how you learn yourself so i definitely feel like like you say even if you can't have a physical elder which i do think a physical elder is important and i feel like they come when they're supposed to when the student is ready the teacher appears so i I definitely think that's you know important as well but if you can't find that physical elder then like your ancestors need to be your first go-to And do you think that we as a community right now are lacking in that? Or do you feel like, you know, everything is fine? I I definitely feel like there's a lack. Okay. I just needed some confirmation on that. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I feel like that's, I definitely feel like that's a lack. I feel like um, there's a lot of humbling that needs to happen within the communities just simply because I feel like there are people just because of social media um who feel as though that oh I can practice however I want to practice and that's true to a uh, extent because I feel like your practice should be very personal to you very personal to your lineage but then I feel like there's people out here just violent just doing stuff without you know somebody be like yeah no we don't do that so that's why like elders are so important Exactly. I 100% agree with you. So thank you for definitely saying that. So that's a great segue into the resurgence of hoodoo. So there's like sort of a hoodoo renaissance going on right now, which I love. Um, But I kind of find that similar to what you're saying, people aren't doing it right. And we haven't quite found the space to uplift each other in this community just yet. Do you have any suggestions on how we could get there? Um, I would definitely say there should be more holding space for each other. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like this should be less of a me, me, me thing, which don't get me wrong. Like, of course, like I said, your practice is, you know, and I say this all the time, like, if you aren't in these traditions for the betterment of yourself, then you need to really take a look at why you're doing it, because that should be the overall goal. But I feel like there needs to be some more holding space. Um, I feel like people need to be more open to um, taking advice and taking um that's what I want to use. Like criticism. Constructive criticism. Yes. <laughs> Constructive criticism for those who may have been to practice a little longer, who may have, you know, been through a few things that can help you out. Like I just I feel like there needs to be an openness that I'm really not seeing. I feel like people are really, like I said, just self serving in general and I, I that's something that I struggle with, like when it comes to um wanting to be into community with people like because I feel like 
we should all be here for each other. Like, it shouldn't be competition. It shouldn't be, I don't worthy you, this, that, that. They're like, no, like, let this resurgence be beautiful. Like, let this be uplifting. And that's, I feel like, struggle with that a lot. Yeah, that's definitely understandable and definitely, definitely a great point. And with the resurgence of hoodoo, like, hoodoo honestly is really a lot about reconstructing your lineage for us Absolutely. in this generation. Because we really don't have it like, you know, say our answers three, four generations ago had it. So I definitely, Absolutely. definitely agree with that. So, you know, as we think about the resurgence... I'm going to ask about gatekeeping. How do you feel about gatekeeping? Because I am pro-gatekeeping. Let me tell you something right now. I sort of keep my thoughts to myself about it because <laughs> people will be eating me up. But I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like it's some black people that shouldn't practice hoodoo. That's just my okay. two cents. Because, yes. <laughs> um, um, but what are your thoughts on gatekeeping? I'm pro gatekeeper. Like I literally have a hoodie and a shirt that says gatekeeper of hoodoo because <laughs> um I just feel like especially in the climate that we're in today, like people don't have like people don't understand that everything is not for them. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, even with some black people, like everything like this may not be for you and that's okay. But like as it pertains to other races, um and it, it makes me cringe when I see it, like, so much on social media, like, on TikTok or Twitter. You know, you have people, well, why can't I? Like, you have your own videos. You have your own practices. Like, why why now <laughs> do you want to? Like, is it because you see how much it's working for us? Because, like, we think back to it. Y'all didn't even want to let us practice our own traditions. So just that in general, like... No, hands off. Like, we need something for us. <laughs> so I'm so okay. Okay, okay. I hear that. I hear that. And so, as it pertains to gatekeeping, this is a good segue into my next question as well. Um, Hoodoo as an ATR, for those of you that are listening, you don't know that an ATR is an African traditional religion. Some people call it an ADR, an African diasporic religion. Um do you think that hoodoo holds up its weight against other practices like lukumi? So I'm a practitioner of both and my spiritual court has really come together and they have their place in my life. But a lot of people look kind of look down on it or they feel it's not as important or it's not the same. Um, what can we as hoodoos do to kind of combat that feeling? Because I've felt discouraged by people that practice other ATRs. I'm like, well, maybe hoodoo not all that. But that's not true. Right. I feel like <laughs> you have to go all the way back to our ancestors being kidnapped and brought over here. And the thing that gives me solace and the thing that lets me know how powerful a tradition this is, we took what we brought over here from you know, our, our original African traditions and we basically made something out of nothing, if you want to like look at it like that like we had to start building from the ground up because we knew what would happen if we would practice our traditions out loud and so for me it was an adaptation and then i started thinking about the things that our ancestors went through in order to safeguard this and in order to you know build something that is going to protect us that's going to liberate us like so for me like can't nobody say that just to me about who i mean an atr that holds his weight because we literally built this country, and I feel like that speaks volumes. 
Wow, that's true. I never thought about it like that. But you're absolutely right. How could we do that without a form of spirituality or spiritual Absolutely. Wow. Okay, Marco, go ahead and teach me something. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much for saying that. Wow, I'm I'm going to be stealing that girl. I'm going to give you credit, but I'm going to be stealing it. Um, And so that is absolutely correct. And for those that are listening, if you're new to Hoodoo and you're Black, um, I do want to say that there is a direct connection between the Bantu people of Africa and the Hoodoo tradition. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, there is a, a a lot of people that that practice, um, the Afro-Cuban tradition of Palo Mayombe or Palo Kimbisi or Palo Monte, they say that it's, there are some things that are kind of identical in those traditions, um, which I think is a, is a cool thing to think about. And it kind of proves that absolutely hoodoo does have its own, hold its own weight in that regard. Absolutely. So, wow. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So now I want to talk about the Chesapeake Bay, you know, hoodoo in general, that area. Um, Do you feel that there is a difference in the way that hoodoo is practiced in each portion of the country? So let's say Mississippi or uh, Tennessee hoodoos or for us Chesapeake hoodoos. Do you feel like there's a difference Absolutely. Um, with me being raised in Virginia and then later on in life moving to North Carolina, um, I've definitely, even though those places are very close to each other, you get to see a distinct difference. Um, and then when you think about, you know, South Carolina and the Gullah Geechee area, like, I feel like there are similarities, but I also feel like um, because of where, you know, we settled when we got here, um, different tribes, I guess you could say, settle in different areas. So, you know, when you think about that, of course, there's going to be different similarities. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, I think about, like, um, what what am I thinking? So, there was a large plantation in Cecil County, Maryland. Very large. One of the largest on the East Coast, actually. Um, And so, the people that moved from there, my family, my family moved to Snow Hill, Maryland. Um, right on the Chesapeake Bay, I would see a lot of seashells and cowrie shells and stuff in my family mm-hmm. decoy. You know, they used to have them in the bathroom, the little uh, seashell soaps. <laughs> the little <laughs> seashell soaps and stuff like that. Yes. That's special to the East Coast. That's special to us yes. because of, you know, who we are. Um, but I also think of the similarities in, in Lukumi because there are some Orishas that speak through the cowrie shells or only speak Absolutely. through sea, seashells. Um, and that speaks again, I feel, to the connection to the land that's right across the way. So that's a real cool. That's another thing that I really noticed too in, in the Chesapeake area is our connection to water. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be because of obviously, you know, where we are, but I feel like a lot of the movies that I met in the Chesapeake area, like they have very significant water spirits as well. So, like, yeah, there's. That's a distinct difference. Definitely. I definitely think that. And, you know, I kind of think that the reason that there's not the cohesion that we want to see in hoodoo right now is because people aren't recognizing their strengths in that regard. So somebody from the Mississippi Delta, you know, they might come up to me with some dice, you know, and read me head to toe. But guess what? (laughs) 
I'm going to come to you with some calorie shells and I'm going to read you just the same, you know? Absolutely. And, but everybody want to have their hand in every pot. Absolutely. And it, and it and can't be. It can't. Like, I feel like that's the beautiful thing about eating, though. Like, I feel like because of the distinct differences and the similarities, like, if we just brought that together and, like, learned to stop telling people they're wrong in the way that they practice because of the way they're wrong, I feel like it could just be so beautiful because I'm learning from other people. So, like you were saying about, you know, the dice down the Delta and stuff like that. Like, I would love to, you know, sit with somebody and have a conversation about that and then we have a conversation about how I divide and stuff like that. But it's, like I said, it's almost like it's a no, 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 you're wrong. But it's just like, no, it's not wrong. It's just people learn differently. And it's the same thing about lineage. Like, my lineage is different from your lineage. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, it's like you said, there needs to be that cohesiveness. Right. I totally, 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 totally agree with that. So that brings our interview pretty much to a close i don't have any additional questions unless you have more that you would like to discuss and i like to open it up like this in the podcast this is new for me to see if there's anything you would like to chat about i just want to stress the point that above all like all the things that we do on Hulu, i gonna say they're always fun but <laughs> um i enjoy being a Hulu. you know it's not always pretty but like I kind of said earlier, at the base of Hoodoo, I just want everybody to know how important it is that you connect with your ancestors. I feel like a lot of times we tend to look to other people or try to look outside of ourselves for the answers, especially when you're just getting started. But, like, having a relationship with your ancestors is like, what's the word I want to use? It's like a blueprint. Like, like it's a game changer, mm-hmm. like. As long as you're connected to your ancestors, as long as you are honoring them, venerating them, uplifting them, because one thing that I tell people all the time, especially when I do readings for people, is that you have to understand that you're not just, when you, we're healing our traumas through hoodoo and we're healing, you know, the things that we deal with on a personal level, you're also healing the traumas of your ancestors. Mm. And you're also doing that service for them. So I just want to point out that, like, above all, ancestral veneration gets to know your ancestors. That is so, so true. And you never know. Your ancestors might surprise you. And you might find some things that are documented about your lineage. That happened to me. I started, like, on a on a path where I didn't, I didn't really know. And I was praying and praying and praying to have, you know, some kind of guidance and stuff. Cause my family was not having it. Both my parents are ministers. Like they were definitely not having it. (laughs) And uh, one day I was, you know, on the internet, la 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 la, Googling my family name in the area that we're from, Cockyville, Maryland, which is like 30 minutes outside of Baltimore. Why did I find a slave narrative with my family in it? I was like, ah! So, oh, wow. uh, yes, documented and everything of root work and uh, all this crazy stuff. I'll send it to you offline if, you, if you're interested in reading. But I, I am. Want, okay. <laughs> I want people, just like you said, to almost not sell their ancestors short. The answers that you're yes. looking for are out there. They're out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. And so I just... I was in- Go ahead, I'm I was in a pretty much same. I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt you. I was pretty much in the same situation where, like, um, because my grandfather is not my biological grandfather. My mother was adopted, mm. um, but I always had this feeling that she was adopted within the family. Um, and so, 
again, by the time, like, I came into the knowledge that my mom didn't even tell me that she was adopted until literally the day before my grandfather's funeral. <laughs> so after, you know, he passed and my grandfather was, like, one of the oldest living relatives that I still had. And so I had to do a lot of digging on my own um, just to come to find out that, like, we are blood related. So, and I did that just by, again, sitting at my altar talking to my grandfather because my grandfather, I saw him way before he passed. Don't ever come to me the physical. I would lose my mind. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> he comes to me in my dreams. Like, that's how he communicates with me. And, like, I just kept having a series of dreams uh, to look different places for different things and talk to different people. And lo and behold, I found out that we are blood related. So, yes, like, they be having the keys. <laughs> for real. They be having the keys. And so, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Wow. Wow. Our stories are very, very similar, girl. Oh, my goodness. Yes, they are. <laughs> hey, that's that Chesapeake Bay thing. Okay. <laughs> well, that brings my interview to a close with you. Now, before you know, we go, I want you to put yourself on and tell people how they can get in contact with you. Okay, well, you can get in contact with me. Well, not right now because I'm taking a Twitter hiatus, but <laughs> for you, um, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Holy Becca, H O L Y M E C C A A, um, and TikTok. They're all Holy Becca. Um, I have a email uh, subscription that you can go to my website, sabetha.com, S A I M E C C A. Com, and you can sign up for my email and I do emails twice a week um, as well as I'm about to start my YouTube back up um, and that's holding back it as well so yeah okay and I'm going to plug all of that stuff in the show notes guys so that you can reach out to her if you so choose to so Mecca thank you so much for sitting down with me this was wonderful I really enjoyed you same thank you for having me I really appreciate it absolutely all right, let me stop this and then we can chat if you want. <laughs> Bye-bye.